chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome into the Online Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, Joey Wagner huddled up in the media room after Illinois loses to Houston 68-53 in the second round of the NCAA tournament. A second straight year with a Big Ten title winning team. This one, the regular season champion, bowing out in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Let's talk about it, boys. There's a lot to chew over in this one. Um, a weird call by a referee, but when you lose by 15 points, you shoot six for 25 from three. There are much bigger reasons of why Illinois lost this game. So, why did they lose this game? I mean, you look at it, Derek, three games in a row in the postseason. They shot under 40%, and the offense was basically just a train wreck. Um, injuries, illnesses, you didn't have Jacob Grandison. Trent Frazier clearly wasn't himself uh, the last couple days. But what do you think led to this offensive downfall in the last couple games? Yeah, Trent Frazier not being right and not being able to make shots and be confident and the fact that now he's played in his last three tournament games, he's gone three for 23 from the field. And I understand he's battling through him. You can still see his eyes not looking all that right. And um, that's certainly unfortunate. Curbelo to play as poorly as he did today to go 0 for 4 from the field, two turnovers, didn't even play in the second half. And just that roller coaster that could never even out ultimately in the season, uh, that played a big role in Illinois not having the, the guard play. The guards let him down. I thought Kofi was fantastic today. I thought, uh, the way he was able to finish inside, um, forcing the double teams from, from Houston. And some of Illinois' best offense was playing through that double team and then working it around for a good shot, but not being able to hit threes. And then in the second half, I mean, Shed killed you off the off the dribble. Uh, Tajay Moore is a is a matchup problem. Is a six foot five. We talk we talk about these big guards, these athletic guards that Illinois has some limitations. Like for as many regular season games as this team has won, and I don't want to take away from their accomplishments, but they have some holes, and they certainly showed today. And, and guys like Demonte not wanting to shoot, and Coleman not making threes, it was disappointing. It's a huge huge disappointment, and and we'll talk more, you know, kind of big picture, but. You bow out again in the second round, and it's a bitter taste to, to have in your mouth. Yeah, I want to talk about all that. Joey, uh, defensively, I thought this team played fantastic the last couple of games, and it gave them a chance to come back. I mean, they're down 23-11, to 11, uh, scored 11 points during the first 15 minutes of this game. Brad Underwood pulls the rip forward, brings in the freshman R.J. Melendez and Luke Goody, and they give him a huge boost in this game, and your defense kind of kept you in it until the final eight minutes when Houston just went nuts, uh, scoring uh, or hitting 11 of their last 14 shots in this one. Um, so Underwood's going to get a lot of criticism for still not making a Sweet 16, and this is a, really a, what, an era with Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn. You don't get to the second weekend of the tournament. I'm sitting here, when we're talking about this beforehand, I don't know how many other things there was for Underwood to pull here. I mean, when your guard shoots 6 of 25 and you have 17 turnovers, uh, I thought they got good looks. I, I thought Kofi Coburn played great, like Derek Piper said. I, I'm not sure exactly what I would have done differently if I was Brad Underwood because 
he sat Andre Curbeau with Curbeau's bad game. Jacob Grandison wasn't himself, so uh, Underwood's understandably going to have some criticism until he gets to a Sweet 16, but I I'm not sure what else he could have pulled there. Do you have any ideas? No, Derek and I were standing in the tunnel watching this all really, I mean, it had fallen apart, I think, by that point. And I said, Derek, what, what should Brad have done differently? And we both kind of looked at each other. I, I still don't really know. I mean, the go-to response all season, for most of the season, I should say, has been should have played R.J. Melendez, and, and you can make an argument for Luke Goody. He did those things. And, I, I mean, that's what everyone wanted to see. And credit, it was right. It was the right call. Those guys were – where energy, I, I still have questions about, and questions that, let's be honest, guys, we're not going to have an answer to why Andre Corbello didn't play in the second half. And I'm not saying that changes anything, but usually when Brad is asked about why did so-and-so play and so-and-so not, it, it's a long, it, it's a longer explanation. And it's, well, we were doing X, Y, and Z, and, and he wants to keep that, and he explains that this didn't come with explanation, which was interesting. And ultimately, look, that, that may not have mattered, but yeah, I don't know. I mean... Coleman Hawkins, I, I got to see what he played in the second half, but, but what do you do? I mean, the, the roster is what the roster, and we've talked about and written about and, and kind of analyzed what's, what the deficiencies in this roster are, and I think you kind of saw them bubble a little bit today. Yeah, and Brad Underwood said a lot, Derek, after the game about how much Jacob Grandison means to this team, and it sure seems that way. Um, you know, the three games he was out, um, you know, he – he was out the Iowa game, too. They played pretty well offensively, but the three games he was out, uh, it was not pretty. The good news, if you're looking towards the future, and, and we'll dive more into that here, uh, R.J. Melendez and Lou Goody, they weren't scared. It felt like some of these veterans, especially Frazier, DeMonte Williams, were hesitant. They were tight. Andre Curbelo, I know I've praised him at times. He was awful today, absolutely awful. And, and we'll talk about what's the future going to hold for him after uh, what has been a very, very tough year at Illinois. Um, but at least you saw those freshmen not play scared. And I, I think if this is it for Kofi Coburn, um, kudos to him for going out with, I think, a, a couple really, really good games. So if you're looking for the positive, certainly Kofi Coburn and, and those two freshmen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there were times when Illinois didn't get Kofi the ball enough. Uh, I mean, really for the majority of the second half, that was their offense and going inside. And ultimately, Houston did a good job late of crashing in on him and really just having three guys in the paint. And, and Kofi had a couple of attempts where he just he couldn't get it up because they, they were swarming him. Um, I, I think that in terms, it is a tough question to try to figure out what Brad could have done differently. And um, ultimately, he was trying to get rid of or curb these long scoring droughts that again showed up. And I get, like, I get it, you're playing one of the best defensive teams in the country. Um, really, I think that one thing you look at is Illinois was really lucky to even be here today. And like the fact that they weren't ready to play on Friday, I think that, that there's more to point to in that, I think, with Brad. Um, but your players got to make plays. Like Trent Frazier, I know, uh, not right, but also that's your alpha. And that dude didn't rise to the occasion. And I know it's kind of a, a mixed bag of how much do you, do you give him a pass for that because of the, the eye. And, um, and then Plumbers, you know, just – Plumber's a liability defensively, didn't shoot it all that well. DeMonte's a liability offensively, um, didn't do a whole lot there. So uh, it, it's it's ultimately tough to, to try to to gauge. And uh, But it's, I mean, the bottom line is it's very unsatisfying. And But RJ and, and Luke, like, like you guys said, it was a button that had to be pushed. It wasn't pushed against Chattanooga. RJ can play, man. I think that's one thing. It's going to be hard to, to think positively about this game. But, man, he showed flashes. Goody wasn't scared. 
uh, and that is encouraging, at least as you look forward. Yeah, it's it's really gutting if you're an Illinois fan, and, and more even so for the players and coaches, Derek, when you've done so many great things over the last three years and have two NCAA tournaments to show for it, while Michigan, who is a worse team this year, they get another week where Juwan Howard, after what he did a couple a month ago, is going to be praised as he should be for what his program has accomplished. And they're, they're going to get recruiting bumps off that. Not that Illinois isn't recruiting well, but Joey, you don't have that feeling. Like you don't get that extra week in the spotlight. And it just feels unfulfilling that such a great era of Illinois basketball, Kofi Coburn and Io DeSumo and Maybe Kofi comes back, but boy, he sounds like a guy that's going to be moving on. Uh, he said after the game, right, like he wanted to leave this place with, with a better feeling. So uh, we'll see ultimately what he does. But that's going to be a cloud over what has been a great era regular season-wise, uh, a Big Ten tournament championship, a Big Ten regular season championship. But in the biggest moments, this team never really had much time in the sun, right? They spent, let's see. How many days? Eight days in the NCAA tournament over the last three years. One of those due to a pandemic, but two because you had early exits. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it on the way here, guys. That week of everyone patting you on the back and, and, and look at this program and, hey, guys, Illinois is back in the Sweet 16 and everybody's talking about all of that. It's a really big deal. And to your point, yeah, I mean, recruiting-wise, they're, they're fine on that front. But you just want that. It's just a good vibe of a week. And, and I don't want to let anybody off the hook because – not getting out of the round of 32 for two consecutive games is, is a tough one to take in. Or two consecutive seasons is a tough one to take in. But there's so much randomness to this, and that's not trying to say, like, oh, well, it's okay, but these are these are tournaments are weird. I mean, that's what makes it so fun when, you're, when you don't have a vested interest, but it makes it harder to I – mean, they're weird, but you, or you do have to get out, and you're going to look at – there's a lot of talent in these those four tournament games that Illinois had and not getting that bump of the, the Sweet 16 and and kind of getting all that, that that's a tough one. And Derek, I'm, I'm thinking of this, you've had four NCAA tournament games under Brad Underwood here, you've scored in the 50s, three of those. Um, got to find a way, got to find a way offensively and I agree with you, it's it's, it's guard play. Um, Iodesumu did not play well against Loyola, Trent Frazier did not play well against Loyola and the guards were awful uh, this week in Pittsburgh. The guard play has to improve, and we'll see where that goes now, right? Trent Frazier is gone. DeMonte Williams is gone. I think some fans are ready to turn that page. I think the biggest question now of the offseason is, is Andre Curbelo going to be here? Uh, I, I think we have to acknowledge that this was an incredibly tough year for him, and it ended with one of his worst games in an Illini uniform. So while I think he was doing some good things, I mean, clearly people are – sitting out there saying, you guys said he was, or Jeremy and Latulip said, you know, he was doing some good things. He was awful. He was awful here uh, the, the last couple of days. Good defensively yesterday, but um, it's going to be hard for him to come back from that, especially knowing that, you know, the animosity of this fan base and, and given what happened today, not, not playing the second half of an NCAA tournament game, a guy you thought was going to be one of your most important players. So I, I think it's fair to speculate like, what's going to happen with Curbelo in this offseason. Yeah, and it's been a tough ride for him. And I think that there is, for as much as fans get frustrated with watching him, you do got to sympathize a little bit with the fact that what he's gone through and missing two months with a concussion, has he been a loose cannon? I mean, he openly admitted yesterday. I mean, I credit him for saying it. Like, 
I'm a risky player. I'm a, I play, I make plays that other guys don't try to make, and I live with the highs and lows of that. And today, I mean, yeah, he, he burned Illinois by just kind of being a loose cannon and taking – I mean, Houston dared him and wanted him to shoot long jump shots, and Curbelo said, okay, I'll shoot him, and he missed him. And, uh, yeah, it's just – the roller coaster ride of it, the negativity around what he's done, and look, I don't, it's it's major college basketball. Like when you don't play well, you're going to get criticized, and, and I, I'm not. I don't think Illinois fans should be put in a situation of like you guys rushed him off or, or were the reason that he left. But yeah, it was a really curious situation of why he didn't play in the second half. I get it, he struggled, but defensively you could have used him, and just Brad not expounding on it and saying coach's decision just kind of makes you scratch your head that there's more there under the surface so you got guards coming in you got Jaden Epps Sincere Harris is not a point guard um, they're going to be in the mix for transfer guards anyway on the transfer portal but yeah I mean that was a guy that they they absolutely loved last year they were hyping up as a this guy's going to be an All-American this guy might not even be here next season because he's going to go to the NBA and to have it end on this note is it, it stinks and it, it leaves a lot of questions to be answered. Joey, I'm looking at the, the box score today and I'm like, who's back from uh, for next year? And the guys I think you'd feel confident about at this point are Coleman Hawkins, the way he played late in the season, RJ Melendez, Luke Goody, and maybe Benjamin Mossman's Verdonk, but it's going to be a young team next year. And in some ways, that's really exciting. I think fans are like all those players, Coleman, RJ, Luke Goody. I think you can be a more versatile team next year. But boy, this is really going to be a changing of the guard uh, if Kofi does not return. Um, we'll see what happens with Andre Cabello. I would imagine Grandison is going to move on to a pro career, probably going to need an offseason surgery, I would imagine, given the way his shoulder looked here. But um, this is an end of an era and, and a start of a new one. And here's the thing about Brad Underwood, and, and I know it's frustrating the end of this era, but they're recruiting well. They're, they're recruiting incredibly well. Uh, and I think Isaac Trotter has a stat. They're going to have seven top 100 guards slash wings on this roster next year. So Illinois is still going to be good. Obviously, it's going to be uh, a retooling and, and much younger team next year. Yeah, and I think that's exactly why this one feels so different, I guess, in my mind than a year ago. Because a year ago, it's like, okay, Io is going to go be an NBA player. But then you look and you're like, well, okay, well, Trent and Demonte could take advantage of this. And, and you have Jake. And then at that point, let's be honest, we thought Austin Hutcherson. I mean, we continuously heard that. And then and Kofi, and you thought, well. And it turns out there's a lot of 23, 22, 23, 24-year-olds on this roster. And, and they won a Big Ten championship. But now you look, and, and that's what college is, right? It's you got a bonus year out of some of your guys, but college is changing these things and turnover, and it's, it's what makes these, and it's what makes not having next week in San Antonio harder to deal with. But, yeah, it's you know Brad's going to get talent. I mean, that, that's just period. That's why you're so frustrated right now because you got talent to get you to a point where letdowns exist. And, and as, as bad as that is to feel, you weren't feeling that four or five years ago. You just weren't, and you wondered where it was going to come from. But it is going to look different, and how different? I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Part of me understands exactly why we're having the discussion that we're sitting around having right now. But, yeah, man, it's – you watch those guys leave. It's like, I might be uh, – outside of Melendez, we think it's like, that might be the last time we talk to them. And, and then you kind of think of what all that means. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what this is. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Derek, and I, I know we'll have plenty more time to talk off season, but it's going to be interesting to see how Brad evolves schematically, right? Kofi Coburn changed everything about how this team operates, and that's a kudos to Brad Underwood. It's been very successful over the course of a season, the way they played around and through Kofi Coburn, both offensively and defensively. So for Atlanta fans looking forward, how do you expect that style of play to change? I think you could look at the way they played as maybe a little bit of a hindrance. Uh, Kelvin Sampson talked about how Illinois didn't have many tricks. Um, sometimes you don't need tricks, but it's they know what they're going to do. It's can you stop it? And more often than not here down the stretch, teams were able to stop it. They were. Now I think that teams like Wisconsin and those in the Big Ten will be okay with Illinois changing schematically and not having that predictable yet dominant force in, in the middle. But uh, there were some teams. I mean, when you were playing the likes of Baylor and Houston and some of these just athletic teams that didn't have the bruiser uh, that could kind of just out-athlete and swarm you, yeah, you, you were a little bit one-dimensional when you didn't have the shooting around Kofi. I mean, if Illinois steps up today and makes 12 threes, 11, 12 threes, and they have Kofi have the game he had, they're, they're marching on and they look super dangerous. But uh, the fact that he didn't have the guard play, but to your point, I think that Brad will want to play faster. Like he got away from that because, uh, and I know that Curbelo's injury took away some of the transition, but having an even having a five man that can run, that can shoot the, a jump shot, uh, can really open up the floor and, and try to be a, a different tempo. It's going to be interesting though. I think that he'll stay ball screen just in terms of, I, th I think that that works for Epps. I think that uh, having Dane Danger as a pick and pop guy and just doing some different things, but it makes you more versatile. I think really defensively can allow you to do some different things and guard things different, different ways. But um, I think that he would like to be, and when, as you get a Ty Rogers and you get a Coleman Hawkins, you have an RJ Melendez, just those long athletes that can be switchable and interchangeable, and that just makes Illinois a little bit more versatile and longer, which I think we've seen the limitations of having too many small guards. But, I mean, if they're talented, then they need, they need to live with that. But it is going to be interesting to just kind of see the way that it, it changes. But what Illinois had was a good thing. I mean, Io DeSumo and Kobe Coburn, like a Kobe Shaq in the pick and roll was – was spectacular and that's why I mean to Joey's point why you sit back and you look and you're gonna see those jerseys in the Raptors and be like it's disappointing yeah I mean three straight years of 20 plus wins this year 23 and 10 I mean you always got to have a little bit of perspective Joey of man Illinois fans would have taken this five years ago um, but now the standard has changed right and now the hurdle they still have to cross is that second round so ultimately how will you remember this season because I think the injuries and illnesses clearly um, impacted this team, impeded this team coming together, and Curbelo's injury at the top of it, and then Grandison 
with a terribly uh, timed injury because he was so important to their offense. So how would you put a, a bow on this season? It's a really good team that never really found itself completely. I mean, they were really good for a stretch in December, into January, and even that early part of February. And then I don't it kind of tapered off there a little bit. And I think RJ Melendez had the appendectomy that got in the way of, of momentum building, obviously Jake, and, and you put all that together. And I know when people hear the reality of it, right? With you, Brad said they were 20 practices short. And I know that's like, it's maddening to hear right now because emotions are like a million. Especially given what Houston has gone through injury-wise. That's exactly right. But th there is a lot of, of truth to that. And I, I don't think they overperformed because this is what we thought. Like There was a reason they got picked to do this. And, and I think you look at the Big Ten Championship, you have to say, given everything, it's a hell of a job to, to get to that. But then you just think if what would have been if there was like the week and a half or two weeks for them to – to find that stride and to, you know, could we, should we have seen more Melendez earlier in the season to kind of get that going? But it's, they never found everything there with themselves. And it's, man, that's what happens sometimes. And it still stinks if you're an Illinois fan, but it never did. Yeah, this is weird to say, and Brad Underwood will be furious with me for saying this, but if you had to grade the season, Derek, it feels like a solid B, right? You win a big, and then you won a Big Ten championship, but it just felt like, they never kind of reached their stride, never won those big games outside of, obviously, uh, those huge opponents. Purdue, you lose to twice. Arizona, Houston, the top five Ken Palm team, uh, you lose to them. So it, that's weird to say. Maybe I'll regret saying it, but you know what I mean? It just feels like unfulfilled, like solid, good season, but uh, is it going to be one that's remembered forever for Illinois? Not quite, because last year, despite the early exit, that was uh, an insane season, right, uh, to, to do what they did. Um, this year just feels like a, a solidly good season for a program that has raised its expectation level. Yeah, you can't grade it an A for sure. And I think that we can talk about like the ultimate grade on it. You, you factor in, I mean, Trent's up there looking like Iron Man that got punched in the face. I mean, he's got the eye that's swollen. He's got the shoulder. You got Grandison having the shoulder issue so we we never saw what this team ultimately could have been like Curbelo had he been given a full season and the, those to the frustrated fans gonna sound like a lot of excuses and I think you ultimately you pointed out accurately like Houston lost their best player in the middle of the season Houston had a final four team last year and turned over four or five starters and they're here and they were the better team and uh, we're ready for the moment and Illinois wasn't I think that this is why we emphasized like the disappointment of losing to Indiana and Indianapolis, so that every, every we were talking about lingering concerns, yes. lingering concern, and they came back and haunted them. Yeah, they did. I think that that was that factored into what you saw here, but also just not taking care of. It's, again, it is hard to say. I mean, they went 15 and five in the Big Ten, and a Big Ten tournament. And now we're sitting here, and Iowa losing the first round. Like, hey, that tournament probably doesn't matter that much. But if you could have got to the three line, and look, these there were limitations in the team that ultimately was going to get them bounced. But it set yourself up with such a tough, much tougher path to get to the Sweet 16. I mean, you played the number two team in Ken Palm in the second round. I know fans are going to be like, thanks for being number nine play. to the Loyola. But still, um, that's where it just in the postseason, that loss puts you in a tougher spot. You're in a tough region. You had some things go against you. But, yeah, I mean, you can't hide from the fact of, you should have went to the Sweet 16 with the amount of talent and the amount of veterans on this squad 
the fact that Illinois hasn't been there still since 2005 and Brad Underwood still hasn't been there as a head coach. Something's going to hang over the program and continue to. Continue to. All right, let's give, let's do a little bit of hindsight or kind of reflection uh, on guys that were really important to the program. Uh, Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams, they weren't very, they weren't good uh, here in the NCAA tournament, Derek and Joey, but huge reasons for this program's turnaround, right? They only combined for 12 points uh, in, in two NCAA tournament games here, but huge culture guys. Trent Frazier is, is one of the best players of this era. Whether he goes in the rafters or not, I, I think he's a guy that's going to be thought fondly of, like a Corey Bradford, um, that, that helped kind of the rise back of the program, getting into NCAA tournaments regularly, competing for Big Ten championships. Kid was a warrior. Kid was an absolute warrior, playing through what he played through this year, one of the best defenders uh, in, in the country. And then DeMonte Williams, ultimately limited, Joey, uh, offensively, but uh, certainly a guy you want on your team uh, just towards the end. You had guys who were more talented than him, and, and somebody like R.J. Melendez, and I think Derek brings up a good point, or I think it was you, Joey, about the emergency appendectomy, came at a terrible time. Uh, I put that up there with the Grandison injury, but um, those two meant so much to this program. Yeah, it's a lot of what they did also corresponds with where this program went and the, the reality that Brad came in here to change the expectations. He's done that. It comes with this, but those guys were a big piece of that. And ultimately, they're going to be remembered as two guys on two really good teams, which, come on, like, there's been a lot of nice players in that stretch that Illinois hasn't made the tournament. They're remembered differently because these two guys helped turn it. And that's one of the ultimate compliments you can give the two guys is being remembered as two guys who are at the ground floor of what they hope when they're watching this in two years or three years. And if this program takes that step, you can look at those guys and say, man, they meant a hell of a lot to making that happen. And did, did it end the way they wanted? No. Does it diminish the what they've done to get to this point? Absolutely not. And it's a hell of a lot better than being remembered. as yeah, they, Didn't they lead this team in scoring or second team in scoring that year? Yeah, I don't know. It ended in the, on Wednesday in the Big Ten tournament. And that was it. Like That matters. And, and those two mattered a great deal to this program. Let's bring these two guys up. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, Derek, one of the most impactful transfers, the most impactful transfer uh, in the Big Ten this year. Um, obviously not good defensively, but unbelievable offensively. One of the best three-point seasons in Illinois history. Uh, and then Jacob Grandison, man. I, I don't know how many people thought he would not be a, the, the better of the sit-out, more impactful, I should say, because of Austin Hutcherson's uh, injury issues. But Grandison was huge in winning the last couple years, uh, just a reliable player. So those are two more guys. Grandison has a chance to come back. Doesn't sound like he will going through senior day and all that, but two more players that uh, left their mark even in shorter times here. I think that Jacob Grandison is going to allow you to have some hope about a transfer. I mean, how many times in Illinois basketball, the the Alex Legions, the – I mean, obviously you got Austin Hutcherson. Like, there were a lot of those times you get a transfer. Mike Thorne, it's like, okay, well – yeah, he might have put up good stats or wherever he was, but you're going to come to the Big Ten and it's going to overwhelm and underwhelm and disappoint. And Grandison coming from Holy Cross, and, and it wasn't a great start last year, but once he got inserted into the starting lineup, was a very, very valuable piece. High IQ player, good three-point shooter, guy that went to the glass, like just did a lot of things well and checked a lot of boxes. And no, he wasn't the best athlete, and he got exploited defensively sometimes, but he was a big, big part of – this team coming together and winning a lot of games and Plummer, look, I, he's a he's an undersized off guard uh, that 
yeah, makes doesn't put a whole lot into defense and doesn't have a whole lot of measurables to guard people in general, but a ridiculous shot maker. Like, it's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a legendary shot maker. And I, I, that's, I don't think that's hyperbole. Like, in terms of Illinois basketball history, like, yeah, like one of the most fun players in terms of offensively going on heaters, and he was he was vital in terms of Illinois having the shot making around Kofi, and when they were playing their best, he was a huge part of that. I mean, you're going to remember some of those those epic first halves. The the air, like his whole December was just ridiculous. So uh, the fact that he's going to be high in the record books, he he, des- he deserves a lot of credit. I know that, that there are some limitations that you're going to you're going to remember, but also a whole lot of arrows flying off into the crowd. Yeah, and uh, Joey, if this is it for Kofi Coburn, I don't know if he's, you know, the greatest Illinois player ever, but he's probably the greatest big man in Illinois history. And if we had to seed these Illinois players uh, in an NCAA tournament bracket, he's a number one or two seed uh, in Illinois players of all time. Just an unbelievable career, an unbelievable kid to follow, uh, to, to cover and uh, just one of the most dominant forces in Illinois history and, and really of uh, the last couple of years in college basketball. Yeah, I know I speak for all of us selfishly. We hope he comes back because he's fun to talk to. He's engaging. He gives great answers. And he makes Illinois great. And when Illinois is good, our job gets a heck of a lot easier to do. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, his, he was – how do you even put into words that everybody knows what's coming, as Calvin Sampson said today, and not a lot of people can get in the way of it. And that is like the ultimate game changer when a coach just builds everything around you, like literally everything. Would would they go get Alfonso Plummer if Kofi Coburn wasn't on the roster? It's not the same impact because you need that gravity. That's just think about that. Brad built everything around that. The Big Ten built teams built everything to stop that, and he still put up these numbers. And, and I don't know if that we don't know if this is it. I mean, we really don't. It's it's hard to, to gauge. And, and I know, Jeremy, you've covered the heck out of plans to make this not it. Um, but man, dude, he, if you were doing like a, a draft, he's a top two or three pick, right? If you had to draft, yeah, if, if you might take him one just because there's nobody else like him. Like, I can get a guard in the second round for the Illinois history. Uh, Derek, any final thoughts on potentially Kofi Coburn's career coming to an end here at Illinois? Jeremy, we've covered this long enough to see what happens when you don't have a big man. And I hate to just, not, you know, the, the reality is when you had Michael Finke as your five or Maverick Morgan as your five, even Nana, like good defensively, but such an you know offensive, I don't know about liability, but just leaving a lot to be desired. Kofi was dominant, like literally dominant. And, uh, I mean, especially during an era where there's been a great run of bigs in the Big Ten. I mean, Luca and Trace Jackson Davis and Hunter Dickinson and on down the line. If you didn't have that dude, where would Illinois have been? And I think there's huge questions about where Illinois goes if this is it. I think life after Kofi has been something we've been thinking about. And, yeah, there there are some things Illinois can do differently schematically and maybe uh, in some types of matchups it might look differently and sometimes it might go favorable for you. But this was a generational big man and a fan favorite, one of the most productive players in program history. And, yeah, it would be hard not to pick him in the top three if you were doing a draft. So I'd love to cover him again. I'd love to watch him some more. But, uh, man, if this, if this is it, what a what an epic player in Illinois history. 
right, guys. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything more you can say. Uh, it's just really, really disappointing uh, when you have such good teams. Like this was a, a very good team. Wasn't a great team. We kept saying that throughout the year. Uh, wasn't a great team, and it proved not to be a great team uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but it was it was a good season. It was a fun season to cover, a crazy season to cover, given the injuries, given the illnesses, given the the ups and downs. And and I, I think the lasting memory is not just this Houston game, but it's the dichotomy of that and, and the Iowa game. I mean, winning a Big Ten championship on your home court um, for the first time in you know 17 years, uh, but you know prolonging the NCAA Sweet 16 drought to 17 years. So it's it's kind of like the last two years. There's been so much good, but ultimately with a bad taste in your mouth, Joey. Yeah, man, that's is what it is. You said that. I mean, you think of the scene when they beat Iowa and they win a Big Ten and how much that felt and. And now you have to balance. This is the same team that is leaving here today with just these. I mean, watching Trent Frazier, I mean, just to lead the floor, that's objectively like you feel for that kid. You feel for that kid who um, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, I don't even know, had this moment. And, like, that's just why everyone follows this is because you have all of that bundled into, like, three crazy weeks. And, and, and it's – Man, it was a fun team. This was a super fun team to cover. It's a likable team. This makes our job really easy. But, yeah, man, it's also, we got to say it, it's off topic. The tech on Melinda's was trash. <laughs> it was just trash. Didn't change, yeah. didn't change the game. Trash call. Listen, I, I think in a regular season, non-conference early game, that might get called. Uh, I also think RJ was trying to save himself from going into the stanchion. I mean, he, he kind of took off early and uh, was swinging wildly, and he's trying to save himself, he said, from the Paul George kind of injury dare. It was a trash call. Uh, now, did that end up losing Illinois the game? No, but it maybe cost them momentum, right? It was 46-42 at that point, uh, and, man, it didn't go too well uh, after that one. Can I just quit punishing kids for having fun? This dude just dunked in the NCAA tournament. It looked like it could have been a big play. To say he hung on the rim was a pretty loose interpretation of what I think we all think hanging on the rim is. He should have been allowed to do a pull-up if he so chose. But, hey, come on, quit. This is fun. This, like, everybody talks about this being fun. Don't punish a kid for having fun. This can't be the product the NCAA wants. Uh, and, and I wonder what happens with that that referee for making that call. Brad Underwood said the referee said he shouldn't have made the call later, but he made the call. Uh, I don't know how you make it in that moment in this kind of game, Derek. Like, you can tell him next time, hey, don't do that. Don't hang on the rim. But, yeah, Joey just said he didn't. Uh, it was like a second just to get back and swing back and land on his two feet safely. So it was a trash call. It's an absolutely horrible call. It was a joke. It was an absolute joke for a freshman that hasn't gotten to play all that much and it says a ton about him that he played this well against this kind of team in the NCAA tournament. And if he would have let go of the rim earlier – he could have either flown into the basket or fell on on his back, and it, he was off balance, and he was hanging there to try to you know gather himself, and then to it, it wasn't egregious, it wasn't some chin up, it wasn't anything. He he wasn't shouting things as he was dunking. He just just you know dunked with a lot of momentum, swung back, let go of the rim, and that's just that can't happen. It needs to be something that. I don't know if you need to be able to review something like that to to just check and see some similar to like you call a a hook and hold or a flagrant or something. I know that making college basketball games longer maybe isn't what you ultimately wanted, but, yeah, it's, it took away some some momentum in what was a pivotal play, cut it to four. I know ultimately later on in the game you had 
Plummer get a four-point play, and you're down five with five minutes left. and you, So it didn't take Illinois out of the game. And then from there, Illinois didn't do anything offensively and couldn't get a stop. So it didn't cost them. It was a, it was a, a bad call, a momentum-changing play, but it didn't cost Illinois. Can I just say we've talked about this for you know officiating has been such a hot topic of discussion, but and we've said make there be accountability, right? Allow us to ask questions. Brendan Quinn from the Athletic Pool reporter for this pod here, so he was assigned to go ask, and his tweet reads: asked if media could receive comment from officials on R.J. Melendez's technical. Per policy, explanations are only given for time slash situation calls not judgment calls on individual plays. Thus, the tech and interpretation call does not meet the standard for pool reporter access. That's ridiculous. Then, then we don't even need to talk to you. Like we, if, that's what, if you're going to legislate what you do and don't have to say in a press conference, no one tells people like, hey, Brad, hey, you don't have to answer this because it's an interpretation. No, it's ridiculous. If you're going to be out there and this is part of the rules, answer the freaking question and, and move on. And, and that's the accountability I think that we're talking about. Uh, if you have a child in the car, turn it down for a second. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Like that, you have to be held accountable. You have to be held accountable and, and answer for those things, right? Like you have to give an explanation for that. And if you screwed up, just say, I screwed up. I shouldn't have called the play. Like people would accept that. Everyone makes mistakes, whether it's me, whether it's a, an official, whether it's Brad or whatever it is. Juwan Howard, right? You have to be held accountable for it, and you have to own up to it. Uh, I can't stand that. Derek, you had a Andre Curbelo tweet to, to reflect, and and that's why like some sometimes you talk about some of these things and bring it up. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Andre Curbelo, but he has a tweet. Yeah, I just got a notification from Twitter. Curbelo says, "What a year! A lot of up and down moments, but we still standing ten toes down. Time to reflect. Coming back stronger than ever. Didn't." Go the way we wanted, but we fought through a lot of adversity. Love my brothers for life. So it does sound like a guy that still, again, we've seen tweets and smoke screens or whatever. I'm not saying he's trying to just give a message there, but. Um, Feel for the kid. I, re- I really do, and I would, love, I would really love to see him come back and get back on track and have the career we all think he can have, Derek, because he's a special talent that had a really tough year and played really poorly uh, in, in this game and, and poorly in the last game, even though he was making strides heading into this tournament. Yeah, I think that you can be encouraged just based on what he said there in case anybody's wondering, like, oh, is he is he done? I'm not saying that it's 100% for sure that he's, that he's back or anything, but you said it there, like, he's a very gifted player. He can do things in terms of, like, his ball handling, his, his vision, his – uh, quick burst. He's, I mean, he does a lot of things that are really, really special. At the same time, I think that maybe this offseason, not only to get back into a rhythm, but just kind of ponder the thought of making some tweaks and being willing to dial it down at times because he's shown the, a stubbornness. Like he's He's been stubborn in that he's not going to adjust. He's not going to play it safe on any, any time. He's going to take the, the high risk, the tough, high degree of difficulty type of plays. Um, but there's no doubt that Illinois is a better team if he comes back. There's no doubt that Illinois, even through some of his struggles here the last month, was a better team when he was on the floor at times. I mean, at times, no, but at times, yes. Today, today, absolutely not. But um, a backcourt of – I mean, we asked Brad Underwood a month ago or however long ago, can you imagine a, a backcourt of Curbelo and Jaden Epps? And he had the biggest smile in the world on, you know, on his face. So uh, 
that that would be something to look forward to if he can play up to his peak and have an off season to, to get ready. And maybe Sky Clark, we can talk about that at a later podcast as we preview the offseason uh, for Illinois. And I would imagine they'll be uh, in the hunt for a transfer guard and give them a little more size and playmaking as well and, and some defense as well. So uh, before we head out, I just want to say uh, thank you to all of our listeners on the podcast. Thank you to everyone who subscribes at YouTube, but mostly thank you to everybody uh, who subscribes to Alana Inquire, the VIP side of things. Um, it's been special, man, to cover this program's resurgence. We covered a lot of lean years, Derek, and I know Joey did a few years uh, for the Decatur Herald Review, but um, Illinois has a huge, really good media contingent, but I am so proud of what our team does. I think we cover this team extremely well. You might not agree with everything we write. Um, you might not like everything we write. I'm sure that's true of the Illinois coaching staff as well, but um, I, I think we, we cover this program the way it should be covered and the way that uh, fans deserve it uh, to be covered. So I just want to give a shout out to Joey, who's as good of a writer as anybody, Derek, who knows basketball as well as anybody and um, breaks it down as well as anybody. So uh, I just want to give a shout out to my team. And man, it was fun. Pittsburgh was fun. Uh, the, the Iowa game and, and the, the, the scene there I'll remember forever. Uh, so, Joey, Derek, well done, boys. Uh, you got any final thoughts from Pittsburgh? It's been a fun year. Uh, Piper and I had a lot of fun on the road. <laughs> but really, man, this, this is the best job in the world. We get to watch freaking basketball and talk to people. It's been fun. Appreciate everyone for letting us do it. Like, we're lucky to get to do this. Derek, anything? Appreciate the people that listen and subscribe. Appreciate Jeremy for what you poured into this, what we've built this up to be, the team that we have. It's It's been a lot of fun. And uh, we... I'm proud of how we do it and um, look forward to continuing to do so. And now the off season starts, so no time off. Uh, but, but Derek, the most important thing, Joey, is Derek will not be away uh, when Haley goes into labor. Uh, so we, we'll have him home uh, when, when baby Piper arrives. I'm looking forward to baby Illini Inquirer Piper coming into this world. <laughs> All right, for Derek Piper, Joey Wagner, Jeremy Warner, thank you guys for a, a special season. Thank you for uh, listening, as always, throughout this. Give us uh, a rating, review, and a follow wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we got have plenty of more reaction from Pittsburgh, from the players, our analysis on this season. And then... Uh, forward to the off season. We'll have some previews into that as well. So everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.